Blog Talk Radio. Venus and Gemini 
is actually square to Mars in Virgo. They're almost an exact square. And so that makes for rather steamy connections. Um, steamy in a good way, as some of you might be thinking. And also steamy in a not-so-good way, as some of you might hope to not be thinking. So if you're looking for love, uh, this is a good time to get it if you can connect uh, in a passionate way. And if you're not able to get it, then you might just feel a little uh, peeved, let's just say, a little uptight. Because Venus square Mars uh, likes to be able to have a, a really good connection, a substantial connection. And so um, when it's in square... A square aspect it doesn't always work easily when it works well it's great you get a lot of friction when it doesn't work well then it becomes agitation so we all know how that is so I want to talk just a little bit about uh, soulmate soulmate connection tonight there's a um, you know a lot of talk about it a lot of talk about soulmates what are they is there only one soulmate do I can I have more than one soulmate in a lifetime and this and that, and, you know, it's interesting because I looked on the internet a little bit to, to to see what, like, definitions were, and, you know, it's funny, I all I could find was things like that there was a deep natural affinity, and I thought, deep natural affinity, don't we think of soulmates as somebody that, uh, you know, uh, we're actually meant to be with? If we were going to be mated at the soul, you know, if there's a connection from a soul-based level, and uh, we're, we're going to um, we're going to be mated at the soul level, doesn't that say we're meant to be together? That it's not just some frivolous, superficial connection of you know physical attraction or something. But yeah, I mean, meant to be together can mean that we have a deep affinity for each other. But I don't think soulmates just means that we have like a compatibility. You know, that it's like, oh, well, I'm compatible with this person, therefore we must be soulmates. Um, the soul is so complex. You can have a compatibility just because you grew up in the same you know, area of the country can be compatible just for that reason, that you develop a similar view on the world just because you grew up in the same subsection of New York City. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're soulmates. I think soulmate experience is a much more complicated one. I'm going to bring in my 901 caller. Hey, 901, you're on the Inside Connection. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm just listening in to the forecast. Are you? Who is this? Yeah. This is Lanise. Hi, Lanise. So you're just listening in to the forecast where you're going to want me to do a reading for you? Yes, if you don't mind. Yeah, can you just hold a few minutes and I'll come right back to you because I'll finish up. I just wanted to see who it was. I will be back in just a minute or two. Thank you. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking about soulmates. In Celtic belief system, there's something called the Anamkara. The Anamkara, that's the, the soul friend. The belief that our souls can be connected or bonded in a way to one another. And I think that, that that's a very interesting way of looking at it, that there's a soul bond. This is much more than just a sexual affinity. 
And um, I was surprised to see that that was the predominant definition, that there was like a natural compatibility. Yeah, I can see that. But, you know, the um, there's more to uh, to um, soulmates than, than that. And that's one reason why I feel like I titled the show The Soulmate Ex- Conspiracy. Because I think that the idea that we have one person that we're that over the course of lifetimes that we've been bonded to, and that um, that that one person is the only one person, I'm not sure that that's exactly the right idea behind soulmates. I think that it has to do with the idea that we're meant to be together because we have something to accomplish. We're meant to be together because we have a specific thing that together we're going to be working on together. So our souls are naturally mated, connected, because of this work that we're going to do together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chat room. Soulmates are teachers. This is what I was just saying, but she's on a delay, so on the audio, she's not even hearing it. But you're psychically picking up on it because absolutely, we have a lot of soulmates, and the lessons are fun if we want them to be, but not necessarily. Sometimes we really have to, um, you know, dive in. If we're if we're mated with someone at the soul, that means we have very complicated work to do. It doesn't mean that um, you know, we're here to do something frivolous and just, you know, uh travel around and eat eat fun dinners and all of that and just have a good time. That's not a soulmate experience. <laughs> Right, not always fun. Not always fun in the chat room there. Not always fun, but they can be fun. We hope that if you're soulmate, you've been working on your relationship for a long time and that, um, you know, you, you've you learned enough about each other, right? You've learned enough about each other's souls so that you know what it is that you're working on accomplishing. Let me go back to our caller and let's see if she's got a soulmate question Lenise, you're back on the air with me, and I'm wondering if you have a specific question about relationships tonight. Well, I think I'm all axed out about relationships. Are you? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just just want to know. Um, well, I have Venus in Gemini in my tenth house. How does that affect me, or is it saying anything about partnership? Spell your name for your first name. It's L-E-N-E-S-E. L-E-N-E-S-E? Yes. Okay. And I, what I'll do is I'm gonna I'm gonna take your your birth information from you again. Uh, E-S-E. What's your birthday? Seven five sixty three. And your birth time? Nine fifty six. A.M. And the birthplace? Memphis. Got it. Um, you know, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I want to I wanna actually look at that Venus for you because this is a good... It's a good question, I think. Um... Yeah, you have Venus in Gemini in the 10th. Venus just went into Gemini, so you're about to have a Venus return. But Venus is naturally the ruler of your second house and also of your ninth house. 
because the second and the ninth are Libra and Taurus. So one of the things in the second house is it talks about your values, and the tenth house is very much about career. So have you ever been a teacher? No. Never have been a teacher. It's interesting. Did you ever want to be a teacher? I used to play a teacher when I was younger. (laughs) I would teach my little sisters and my cousins, and I'd be the teacher and they'd be the student. Right. Our teaching went. Well, it's interesting because you have a natural teaching ability and you have a strong compassion for people. And you actually do have a gift with language and communication. So teaching, part of the Venus in the in the 10th house is as a woman, you're a good communicator. You You would also be just very good at being like a reader, you know, somebody who read things for other people, or if you ever had an opportunity to do reading in a, in a library situation, like reading for children or story time, things like that. You're, you have an affinity for being humorous, for being uh, be able to take on characters. The other thing that's interesting, though, about your Venus is that it's related to the ninth house, and the ninth house is about educational pursuits. And... Um, the fact that you may be a good studier because you actually have a gift for being able to read and uh, your Mercury is in Cancer, which is not always easy because sometimes you can get emotionally involved in the learning process and it can make it difficult to remember some things. But the but the but your interest in higher knowledge and spirituality is there. I see, you know, interestingly about relationships. Have you been in a relationship in your life? Well, not a real solid one. Not a real solid one. You know, your relationship cusp is Pisces, and it makes often like relationships that you might have been attracted to or relationships that might have come to you not very stable. So they either need to be very spiritual. I actually wouldn't give up on relationships for you because... um, Neptune will, in a few years from now, I know you're going to laugh at me because of your your birth year, but it's true, you know, love can come at any time. And when Neptune goes into your seventh house a few years from now, it brings about a kind of spiritual love. So it doesn't necessarily mean someone that you're going to meet and, you know, like have some torrid love affair, but you will definitely meet someone that's going to touch you in a really... um, in a really deep way. So as we're having a conversation tonight about soulmates, I was going to talk about Neptune, Neptune and Venus. You know, the glyph for Venus is actually the circle with the cross underneath it. And the glyph for Neptune is actually the crescent with the cross underneath it. So in both instances, Venus, we're putting spirit above matter, because matter is the cross. And in Neptune, we're putting receptivity, the moon. So in Venus, it's the sun above matter. But in Neptune, it's the moon above matter. And they're really just different versions of love. One is a more tangible, physical way of expressing love. And one is a very etheric and high form of love. That's the Neptune version. So Neptune's the ruler of your seventh house. And one of the difficulties in getting access to um, a, a, that kind of love is that um, Neptune is 
difficult to grasp, difficult for us to be able to transcend at that level. So maybe we attract people who we think we can save or we're attracted to people who we think will be able to save us or we're attracted to people who are, you know, escaping in some way from from the physical world because they're trying to transcend, they're trying to escape the physical reality. So Neptune's a difficult, um, I think, planet to actually put a lot of our energy into, and it's, it, it's hard for you to establish a relationship. However, like I said, Neptune itself is going to be going into your seventh house, which is the house of relationships, a couple of more years from now, hon, I'm not going to give you the exact date because it's still a little ways off, but not, 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 let's say not more than five years. So it's not like I'm talking about 20 years from now. And um, it brings about, like I said, a very spiritualized kind of love, which is very nice. Um, it has a specific question about uh, Venus in Gemini in the 10th. I'll be happy to answer it for you. Oh, Yeah. Um, just, just what is going on with that now, with Venus being in Gemini? Oh, um, it's a good question. Um, you know, with wh- what happens is that Venus is in Gemini, and it's not quite in your tenth house yet. But uh, you know, it 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 brings a, a good opportunity for you to find something to do with communication. So if you're, you know, if you're not writing, I know, I know that that I've done readings for you before and have for a while now. Like, you know, I've, I I recognize your name and 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 your information. So maybe there's something that you want to write about or something that you want to communicate about or something that you want to convey about your experience. You know, and that's why I'm saying, what does it do for you? It brings your femininity. Your your sense of humor in Gemini or your skills with language out into the open. If you have an opportunity to sit with a group of people and make them laugh, that's what it would do. Venus is about the loving nature. And when you have a Venus return, the 10th house is about public, you being out with friends or out. It's about not doing it like at home, you know. So there are obviously lots of public arenas chat rooms, comment boards on blogs and things like that. That's what I would recommend. But remember, and this is one of the things that I think is probably really important to tell you, is that transits don't really subject you to anything. The, it All it is is an energy, and you're the one that has the opportunity to grab a hold of that energy. So when Venus is in Gemini and it's going into your 10th house, you're the one that has the opportunity to say, maybe step out a little bit from from your shyness because you have Virgo rising and you can be kind of shy or, you know, the ruler of your chart is Mercury and Cancer, so you can be very sensitive, but kind of step out of that sensitivity and maybe join in in a chat room or join in in a um in a in a comment board on a blog or something where you could read something or you could say something about your experience of someone. I feel like that's important for you because you have Venus in Gemini and so you have an opportunity to put your input out there. Okay. How's that? That sounds um on point. It's powerful for you. You know, it's powerful, and I know that it's not easy. 
you know. And I always really appreciate you calling in, and I'm really happy to see you on the Inside Connection tonight. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks so much, so much Lenise. Okay, you've been very helpful. Thanks, hon. Bye-bye. So, um, once again, everybody, it's a call-in show, 213-943-3395. I'm doing live astrology readings here on the Inside Connection tonight. We're talking about soulmates. What is that? Why do we somehow have the belief that a soulmate experience should be one where we meet someone where we're so bonded by lifetimes of love and affinity and torrid romance that there's never a dull moment and that, um, you know, we never have to make the bed. Because that's not really what it's about, as, you know, we're talking about, and I'm going to bring Mary Lou on in just a minute, and she had commented in the chat room that, <clears throat> that you know, soulmates is, is a, a, a lot more like a deep experience between two people who were meant to find each other again so that they could continue learning and accomplishing the soul growth that they were meant to do together. It's not this uh, idea that, oh, well, we just have a deep natural affinity for each other. So um, why don't I bring Mary Lou on and we can talk about it. Mary Lou. Hi. Live from New Orleans. (laughs) You're on. You're talking about love. You're speaking my language now, man. (laughs) Don't you love it? Don't you love it? I think it's so important that we that we really try to embrace what is love. That's the that's the big second half of the show. So that's why I had to bring you on because you're going to co-host with me. (laughs) You know, um, uh, it's Wayne Dyer who says that soulmates are these people that you bring into your life to make your life a living hell. So you can learn from them. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. a guy who did The Course in Miracles says, you pray for him and pray for him and pray for him to come into your life, and then once you get them, you pray and pray and pray that they go away. <laughs> That's soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that when we can make a commitment to that kind of relationship, and we can say that, Yes, you're going to continue to drive me crazy, but the reason that you're driving me crazy is because of what I'm learning. You know, you're 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 yes, you say like you're making my you're making my life a living hell. However, yes, but a soulmate we talked about last week, right? The original version of hell, heaven was found there. So, how do you find the incredibly useful morsel the powerful truth behind the difficulty that lies in a relationship of this magnitude, right? You know, you say, yeah, everyone wants to find a soulmate where it's so, you know, expansive and where you're where you're going to delve really deeply. I mean, obviously, when your children come to you, those are soulmate souls, right? Yeah. Don't you feel that way about your kids? I'm my kid. I know that's not the actual definition of it. Not everybody has that kind of relationship with their kid. Well, but doesn't doesn't everyone don't everyone doesn't everyone their kids put them through their changes? No, some people don't have relationships with their kids. Oh no, let's not talk about those people. But no, there's a lot of them in the world because you know. That's, that's a lesson well, too. we have a kid, you know, and he puts us through our changes. We're definitely soulmates with him, you know. 
Are so you let's yet? call it let's call it buddies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that we're in this journey of souls together. Is he letting you sleep? <laughs> yes, actually, he does. He's a typical boy. You should have gotten a girl. They never let you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> No, he does. Every now and then he wakes up at 4 o'clock. We go in and we go like this. Listen, buddy, it's 4 o'clock. Go back to sleep. We rewrap him up in the blanket, and he's out in 10 minutes. That's it? Yep. I don't think I got a good night's sleep until my daughter was, like, 5. So let's talk a little bit more about love. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about love and the concept of love and what is loving. Well, isn't it a I have a question. Isn't a twin flame a much better selection than a soulmate? <laughs> twin flame so that we can go dancing across the universe together? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I've heard people parse and, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I've heard people parse words and say, oh, twin flame, soulmates. I understand the difference. Twin flame, that is more about so that deep, natural affinity thing that we were talking about, right? Somebody where you're like, oh, I, I've i met my twin, you know, somebody where we just match so much, we just match so well that, you know, that everything is just hunky-dory. How's that for an expression, Mary Lou? Oh, I'd <laughs> like that. that sounds twin good flames are hunky-dory, soulmates are living hell. <laughs> Well, you know, I think I think that we, we want as souls to grow, don't we? Well, you know, here's the deal. Like, you can get a soulmate who is an abuser, and the growth is, can you deal with the abuse, or are you strong enough to leave? It's growth either way. If you stay, it's growth if you leave. Right, but and that's that why experience? soulmate relationships are not always living hell. They're not always. That's where we're talking about you can get a soulmate and it's an abuser, but you can get a soulmate where actually you're, the work that you've done together as souls is quite advanced. And so the growth may still be difficult because that's why you keep coming back to each other so you can keep doing it, but it can get to a point where it becomes somewhat easier. It doesn't have to be about abuse, right? Well, it could be that one person grows from the relationship, but the other person isn't willing to go there. True. And, and in that true. case... True, and, if, and that, that that's why, you know, we keep coming back around. But what about the term mates? Why are we mated? Why, in other words, I get soul connection. We could say, oh, I have a soul connection with this person, you know, like somebody that you've had some kind of crisis with. That could be like somebody that you meet in business. You had a soul connection. But what makes it different to be like a soul mate, someone that you're actually going to choose to get into that level of intimacy with so that you're going to move forward in this deep way as a mated partnership, not just the sex of it. That's not what it's really about. I mean, except for the fact that sex creates a different kind of intimacy with someone because of the relationship in general. I mean, you know, it's not just the sex. The intimacy with somebody that you're having sex with, fundamentally, the intimacy with that person is supposed to go up, right? I mean, just in general, you get to know them better. You're sleeping with them. Right. So isn't but, that the mating part? Isn't that the idea that, you know, you're 
you're you're you're in a you're in kind of a committed relationship with them. That's why it doesn't apply to children. I get that, but we 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 have those intense soul connections with children. But when we have this mated relationship with someone, normally to me it means that we both are going to grow, or we've both agreed to do something. I, I can understand where you're saying that. We can get into a soulmate relationship, and the point of it is is that we've discovered that this person doesn't really want to grow. And, yeah, I don't really use soulmate to describe that situation. I just use karmic. I just say, oh, well, you're in a karmic relationship with this person. You've met them again. You're trying once again to get them to change. They're never going to, and you're beating your head up against the wall. How do you separate the difference between a karmic relationship and a soulmate relationship? Since soulmate relationships clearly are also karmic, right? Right. Um, I have an example in a, a girlfriend. She is in this lifetime, and her issue is not relationships. She married her high school sweetheart, and that's a soulmate relationship. Her marriage is long and strong, and she has a male partner in business. And that the business relationship is like a soulmate. So she has a soulmate business mate, and she has a soulmate home mate. Her right. relationships, not a problem. Right. She has other issues in life, but not but there. But both of those relationships are good relationships, right? And she They're grows excellent. from both of them, fundamentally, right? Her relationships in this lifetime are solid as rock. Right. My feeling is that if you have a relationship that's not really good for you, like it doesn't bring out the best in you, that that's not a soulmate relationship. But that's like a, a a relationship of karma, but not necessarily what I would say, oh, your souls have been mated. Because normally we really walk away from those people at some point. They're just bad for us. No, she's so, got those, she's got a husband where, you know, she still gets butterflies when she sees him. Aw. You know, the sweetest. By the way, did you see the full moon tonight? I know it's in my sign. Do you, oh, you said it's a Libra, Libra moon. Ah, yeah, awesome. Well, it's supposed to make you then a little bit emotionally contented, emotionally happy. I was really? telling a, I, uh, it was I was insane. telling a Libra today that I felt like it was a really good moon for her to have a conversation with her boyfriend because. Um, uh, it was a really good conver- uh, really good time to have an emotionally open conversation. You know how Libra is a com- an air sign, so it has communication and conversation. And I feel like it's a really good time for um, you know uh, communication with for Libras. So a little bit better probably than the moon that's going to begin on Saturday morning. That's the Scorpio moon. It's going to be all weekend. So um, that could be a little bit more complicated for communicating. So does it switch from Libra to Scorpio in a day? Every two days the moon changes sign. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Every two days, because the moon goes through all 12 signs every 28 days, because you know that that has a... um, the moon cycle is every 28 days, right? We have a a new full moon every 28 days. So 14 days from now the moon will be new. Right, and okay. we'll have the moon in uh, the the new moon in. Uh, I don't want to misquote, but I would say that it was going to be in fourteen thirty 
oh, it's going to be right on the Aries Taurus cusp, and I don't have the ephemeris right in front of me, and I can't even right off the top of my head tell you. My guess is going to be that it's actually an Aries, an Aries new moon, late, late, late in Aries. So anyway, we every every 28 days the moon goes around the Earth, and so every 28 days the moon goes through all 12 signs. Yep. It's the fastest moving through the signs, and then obviously next is Mercury and the Sun. Um, they but they could take an entire year to go through all twelve signs, and the Moon is going through all twelve signs every month. So it's pretty pretty profound the movement of the Moon. So yeah, it's in it's in Libra right now at about um, ten degrees, and uh, it's going to be out of Libra by Saturday morning. Can't so wait. any con- any con- any good conversations that you want to have with people, yeah. communications, or if you want to set up a contract with anybody, you know, a contract, but just you know, an agreement, any kind of agreement. I'm going to meet with you for lunch on Sunday. Uh, you want to get together on Monday afternoon? Now is a great time to make those plans because Mercury just went direct, <clears throat> and the Moon is in Libra, so it often solidifies people's ability to follow through. So um, does my soulmate connection in the future look good with this alignment? Let's take a look, huh? Uh, Mary Lou who? So we know it's not the ex-husband now. No, it's not the next. It's not the Mary Lou. Mary Lou 1022, Wheeling, West Virginia. Yep. Um well Saturn is the ruler of your of your seventh house and you actually have Saturn and Aquarius in the seventh house. So your marital soulmate situation is extremely karmic. If you're if you're often thinking of creating like relationships with friends, you know, somebody that you're a friend with, um, that's a good thing. The the issue I think predominantly for you is that you're just very strong willed with the Leo in your chart, you know? So that you come from a place of being a very strong personality with strong leadership skills and you know and then you've got Scorpio and Venus and Scorpio, which makes you, you know, a little a little um volatile. Are you saying I'm a pain in the butt? No, not particularly, although if you want to put those words in my mouth, I'll take them. <laughs> I wouldn't describe myself that way, but my ex might. <laughs> no, I it's 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 about that you like to you like to have things go your way. <laughs> you want things to be done the right way. You think that you can do them the right way yourself. And you're very very passionate. Very passionate. There isn't a topic that you don't have a passionate opinion about. Well, that's stretching it. Ah. <laughs> you know, Venus and Scorpio, I mean, you're very romantic, very creative. You're very creative. How many daughters do you have? I have one daughter, one son. One daughter and one son. The, um, you know, as far, I mean, yes, you have powerful relationship in the future also. I'm not going to tell you either how long away it is. But, it's, but you know, you have Capricorn on the seventh house cusp. And um, 
there's a tremendous alignment of Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto that will happen in your seventh house not too, too long from now. Again, not too, too long. And, um, and it's going to bring like a really incredibly multifolded, multi-talented, really intense relationship to you, something that you're really looking for. For right now, you're busy with your kids. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> you want to hold a line? I have somebody else in the chat room. Oh, okay. Okay. Hi, nine one seven. You've been on the switchboard for a little while. Are you there? Yes. Hi. 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 Welcome Hi. to the Inside this Connection. Is... Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, this is Flutora. I, I did with? a reading with you, like. Flute, Flutora, I did a reading with you like three years ago. I'm friends with Parker and Shauna. Okay. So you oh. should have my info, I think. I don't know if you remember me when you were in New York. Of course I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course I do. Cool. Um, Louie. No, Flutora. Flute. No, I know Flutora. Oh. I know who you are. <laughs> okay. T-U-R-A. Yeah. Yep, May the 2nd, North mm-hmm. Terrytown. Correct? Perfect. Okay. So, um, mm, what can I help you with? You've had Saturn in your seventh house and Saturn on your moon and... You know, there, are you involved in a very serious relationship? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, generally, I would say that it's a good relationship. You like the way that it makes you feel um, publicly. So that's mm-hmm. really important to you because you have, you know, Mars and Venus and Aries, and you have Aries rising. So you're a very mm-hmm. independent person, and um, mm-hmm. this this relationship is very socially you know, like, I don't just want to say good for you, but meaning, like, not good for you in that way, but, like, good, not good for you, like, you need the relationship to get social status, but good for you meaning that um, you like the way it feels socially, the way, meaning good for you, like, you have certain needs to have the relationship be socially presentable, the relationship that you're in, and this relationship does that for you. I wonder, though, a little bit, and I just want to kind of throw this out there, if you've been feeling a little bit, like, emotionally, if Saturn conjunct the moon, you actually do have moon in Libra, it can make you feel a little emotionally lonely, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about this relationship, but it can make you feel a little emotionally misunderstood, a little emotionally, like, um, maybe if there are certain things that you've compromised or that you want to compromise, you're not speaking up about them. So that's one thing. And so it can make you feel a little, Saturn can be quite heavy. And on the moon, which is our emotional expression, and you have that in Libra, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you want to be emotionally communicative and you want to be emotionally fair. So if you feel like there are certain things that aren't that way, then it would be mm-hmm. really important for you to uh, to voice that. 
Secondarily, um, you're you're about to have a Jupiter return this summer based on your age. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to have the third Jupiter return, and uh, you have Jupiter and Gemini in the second house. So, uh, you know, it's a lot about communication, writing, journalism, mm-hmm. writing, publishing. You want to oh, get good. published? Yeah. Did you write a book? No. Well, I, I wrote some of some of one, and I kind oh. of put it away. But I've been thinking, I've been wanting to pick it up again. And, yeah, and you should writing, pick it so up that's again. Good. You should pick it up with haste. Because okay. um, this is a really, really good year for you to even potentially sell it because Jupiter's mm-hmm. in your second house and that's about money. Um, okay. Yeah, the way you're reinventing yourself right now is actually really good for you. And like I said, Saturn in the seventh house often brings a very serious relationship, something that's very um, mature and. I would say just watch out for the way that it's working with your moon energy because mm-hmm. that's really your home life. And I, I guess it could be your mother or something like that. Maybe you're feeling like you're not expressing something with your mother. Sometimes the moon represents the mother. Mm-hmm. Um doesn't necessarily have to be the relationship that you're in where you're feeling emotionally misunderstood or like there's something that you can't communicate right now. But okay. it's always better even in the Saturn transit where you're feeling a little inhibited to be able to express what you need to because it's only going to get more difficult to express it if you don't. I think Mm -hmm. the purpose of the transit is to make you aware of what you really want to communicate by like, you know, sometimes it makes us clam up a little bit because we review and we review and then Mm -hmm. the thing that keeps nagging at you is the thing that you absolutely have to say. Mm-hmm. So um, that's your mini reading. Perfect. Well, thank you. That was that's pretty much right on. <laughs> it's it. You know, you're you're you you're. Are, are you going through like a big career change? Yeah, major. Yeah, major. I see that too because you know Pluto is at your midheaven. That's major. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole reworking of your career. So I would take out the book for sure. I would get involved in writing. If you're not doing a blog, you should be definitely okay. something, you know, where you're writing every day. You, you need to be mm-hmm. writing. Okay. Well, yeah, I went from, like, doing research to music, which is, like, a major change right. in career. So the writing thing has always been kind of what I've been wanting to do that I keep on putting on the back burner. So that's that's really good to know. Right. I wouldn't put it on the back burner. Is it fiction? Um, no, it's more like memoir, actually. It's I would do like, it. Um, I would do it. I yeah. would write it. Absolutely. Because Jupiter is on your chart. It's the ruler of your publishing house, and it's in your second house of money. So mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily make money off the transcript, it has something to do with that. You need to get that out. You have something of value to communicate, and you really need to... Um, you know, put that out there. All right? Cool. Listen, it was good to talk to you. You too. Thanks so much. Anytime. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm Dr. Craig Martin, and you're listening to Inside Connection Radio. Uh, This is where you can get a live mini astrology reading, and tonight we're talking about soulmates and soulmate connections and what they are. And uh, as we were talking before, 
soulmates are not necessarily the let's hold hands and go frolicking through pastures of grass together um, and never have an argument. Soulmates are actually people who come into our lives for a specific purpose to help us grow. And we're mated to them because we've continued to agree over the course of lifetimes to accomplish a specific purpose with them and to grow with them in a specific way. Mary Lou, you're back on with me. Oh, hi. Well, you're going to co-host, I told you. So we have to you know, talk a little bit more about this whole idea of love, which we still haven't really gotten to. Okay. And I think that, you know, love and loving someone is, like all emotions, is an experience that we fluctuate in and out of, and that what we have to do is we have to choose to stay in a place of love, even when it's not easy to love someone. And that's how you grow. And that's how you grow, right, is through the loving pretty interesting right but two parties have to be loving one party loving and the other one not getting it is not growth and you're no. not no no no, no. but that's why that's why and i think what i just said in the intro back into the show i just said a little intro back into the show which was as i segued back in here which was that the mating part the soul mate is like you know hey mate you know meaning you're my friend that's why it, right. in Anamkara in Celtic, in the Celtic, it was called, it literally translates as soul friend because you've agreed to continue to do that with each other. Right. I definitely believe that saying that soulmates are people who are like imbalanced, no. Soulmates are in agreement with the path that they've agreed to do. It doesn't mean that they necessarily do a lot of it in a given lifetime, because it can be extremely difficult to make those changes. You know, the changes that you want to make at a soul-based level and soul-based belief systems are extremely difficult to make. Who, Who would say that, like, oh, yeah, I have a soulmate, and we're just cruising through it? No. Absolutely not. These these soul-based changes that you've agreed to make with a specific person take lifetimes. That's why, you know, they're soulmates. Obviously, it's not physical mates, because if it was physical mates, that's just for one lifetime. Soulmates are people who have agreed at a soul-based level to create a bond, to do growth together. That's right. my definition, and I'm sticking with it. So. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a soulmate connection in your life, or do I you do. have? Okay, and you're just I a lucky do. man, huh? You're just a lucky man. Well, you know, it's not always the necessarily the easiest relationship. It's not always the easiest relationship, but I was looking for it. Like you said, you know, we want it, we want it, we want it, we want it, and yes, it sometimes makes me want to pull my hair out, but. But the but the point is is that fundamentally I've never grown so much. I've never seen myself in the light of love so often, so much. And it's because it's mirrored back at me all the time, you know. Even when it's difficult, what you get back is you get back a choice to love. You get someone who's willing to apologize when the hurts occur. You get someone who's willing to own their stuff and not blame 
me for it and vice versa. You know, we get to a point where you're like, you have to listen to the inner voice, which is like, well, you should apologize for that. And you do because you've agreed with this person at a soul-based level that that's what you're going to do. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I see it for you, too. I see it for you very powerful, like extraordinary, because it's going to be plutonic. So it's going to have all of the extracurricular activities that you like to go along with it. Well, you know, I I heard about it when I was back in my 20s, and uh, I thought for sure I could squeeze my uh, husband into that round hole, that square Did he not want to grow with you? Is that why he keeps saying that? No, he wasn't growing with me. That's what I mean. He did not want to grow with you. No, he wasn't growing. Yeah, yeah. It's a karmic relationship that... What happens is is that in that relationship, you get an opportunity to see whether you want to continue doing that with him. Right. You can say, oh, I thought we had a soulmate contract, and now here we are in this lifetime, and you don't seem to want to be growing. Right. So, I mean, you know, what was what was the whole thing that, you know, it's karmic. You're back again to try to help him with something specific, but... Yes, you can't think, heal anyone. Yes, but I can make, heal myself. Yes, no, no, but I mean, like, if someone wants you to help them heal, then you can. Right. But you can't heal anyone by the force of your own will. Right, but like I can you can heal walk myself. into a situation and you can be like, oh, I'm going to heal you, you know? So. No, I think it was a healing relationship for me because that was the intent of the relationship. Well, then karmically, you got back apparently what was owed to you, didn't you? I don't know. I mean, if I don't you know. Gr- if you grew, if you healed, then you I grew was a teacher for you, even if it was difficult. That's what right. you even wrote in the chat room. <laughs> They're teachers. They are so teachers. So if he was a teacher for you, even if he was negative, right? Right. I, right. The other thing that Wayne Dyer said was... Uh, if you've met your soulmate and they're making your life a living hell, you need to turn to them and thank them and honor them for being your master teacher, and not in a uh, not in a snarky way, snarky sarcastic, way, right? But the depth Sincere. of your soul understand yeah. that this person is the greatest blessing in your life. Yeah, even though they're causing you so much grief, because inside. You're refining the love. You're refining the way in which to, you know, connect with that person and be a part of that person and 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 grow from the experience of being with that person. Right. It's amazing. It's really an amazing experience. So um, I think I'm going to do my closing and my sign-off. You want to stay with me for it? Sure. <laughs> okay. So we talked tonight about soulmates, and we had some interesting conversations with a number of people. And we talked about, you know, the difference between karmic relationships and uh, relationships that have a deep affinity, which I think we maybe can more define as a twin flame relationship, people who are similar and find a lot of comfort in their similarities. But the truth really behind a soulmate relationship is that you're meant to find each other and you're meant to be together because you've created a soul-based contract to grow together as souls. 
And as we talked about, and we talked about Wayne Dyer, and we talked a little bit tonight about how there's a great difficulty in a soulmate relationship because the work that you have to do together is profound. It's soul-based work. It's not like you're going to learn in this lifetime to put the cap back on the toothpaste. That's um, not the kind of thing that we're talking about. You're going to learn in this lifetime how to be accountable, or you're going to learn in this lifetime how to be more present or more loving or less grudge-holding or more reliable or something deep and based inside your soul as an experience of your spiritual essence, soul, spirit. Those things connect. We have some connection between the fact that a soulmate relationship has to have a spiritual foundation. Otherwise, how could it be something coming from your soul? Soul means spiritual because it's of the spirit, and so your soulmate connection needs to be a, a spiritually-based uh, uh, connection. I think that um, the idea that we talk about, the, that I named the show The Soulmate Conspiracy, is that I feel that there's a, a lot of information that's put out there about these connections that we're supposed to have that make them look like a more like a Cinderella story. And of course Cinderella is the you know, the conspiracy of love, the first conspiracy of love that your life of discomfort and torment while you're a single person will be alleviated and will automatically disappear as soon as you meet Prince Charming, get whisked off your feet, and there's going to be a depth of a connection like no other, and that you live happily ever after, happily ever after. It, that's the conspiracy, is that, yes, there's happiness when you have love. There's happiness when you have somebody that deeply you connect with and want to grow with. But it doesn't mean ever after, like there aren't moments when it's difficult and painful and that you don't question it. That's also a part of it as well, simply questioning the love and questioning the relationship because it makes you grow is something that's a part of the soulmate connection. I always want to thank everyone for being um, you know, on the show uh, with me and calling in. Uh, I want to tell you once again that you can find me on Twitter as AstroHealer. You can find me on Facebook as Dr. Craig, and you can find me on the Internet at lahealer.com. My name is Dr. Craig Martin. This is the Inside Connection Radio. Tonight I'm going to leave you with Florence and the Machine and Cosmic Love. <laughs> 